Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. The coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. we got sports and more to bring you today. A lot of stuff off the sports page. We'll do a little sports guy talk politics as, after all, it is election day. Here in the fine city of Chicago, in the fine state of Illinois, Romney and Santorum. Going mono versus mono, Frazier versus Ali, Kentucky versus Indiana. Pretty good one-on-one battle. Going on there, we'll talk a little sports guy, talk politics. Big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on vacation, sort of. Because he's at Disney World with three young kids and a pregnant wife. So the sort of is definitely with a capital S, but more importantly, sitting in on the other side of the window, pain, or as we like to say, he's the pain on the other side of the window. Assistant producer Randolph Myers in the house, and we do have the big dog, Joel Radwanski. So first, let's check in with the big dog. Big dog, how are you? Hopefully uh, you're enjoying the beautiful, beautiful Chicago weather. Uh, you know me, Coach. I can only do a job that means I'm working outdoors. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely freaking phenomenal out. And I was just so happy. I'm not kidding. They like, choose, like, on Sunday to walk down the street. You know, and I started helping this one person out a little bit, and I, like, broke a sweat after just because of the heat. I was just so happy that we were, like, we're in the part of the year that is you can sweat just yeah. walking down the street. Yeah, now, it, it, it is awesome, and it's the part of the year that normally we're freezing our right and left collective keisters off, typically. So it's very weird. Are you worried that possibly our biological clocks are going to be off a little bit because of the early onset of warm weather? Uh, well, to be honest, Coach, on Sunday I was talking to the, uh, another guy at Water Riders, and, you know, I, I've gone out on the river every single month, December, January, February, and, you know, I started, this guy's been there for years, and I asked, were there ever this many geese along the river? He was like, absolutely not, especially like this, there were thousands of geese on the river on March 18th, and there were hundreds in the middle of February. These the animals don't know what the heck's going on. That's that's part of what I'm talking about. I know you're a odd uh, natural guy. Are you worried we're uh, messing up not only with our own biological clock, but with the beautiful natural nature system that uh, we exist under? What the hell yeah, am I coach, talking about? I've been I've been harping on this for freaking years. So don't even yeah, you know mm-hmm. how I feel about it. And uh, man has contributed a lot to this uh, the warming of the planet. And if people don't believe that, then you know, my, my my uncle and I, oh, man, we go back and forth on this. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But obviously we're adding a little bit to the – we're contributing of... to, the, to the level of the CFCs in the world and the fact that on March 18th it was 82 degrees and I was sweating walking down the street considering it's winter. It was a <laughs> winter day. Don't forget, it wasn't with, – with today's – what day is the first day of spring? Because uh, my friend Cece told me yesterday that, like, winter is right like, – Spring is right around the corner. Is today the first day of spring? Coach? I believe that it is. Okay, I there believe. you go. So in the middle of winter, I'm in my shorts putting on sunscreen, leading people out on a river in Chicago, telling them, take enough water, you're going to be really dehydrated. So, so, what, 
I mean, if, if we're not having any effect on that, that's crazy because I remember growing up as a kid, it was absolutely freezing until the middle, like around April 20th. All of a sudden, that was like the first baseball game you could play that you weren't, when you got jammed, you didn't feel like somebody took a, a cattle prod and made you hold it for 10 seconds. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm it was so cold growing up learning how to play baseball. I mean, that's what, you know, I, I used to bat far away from the plate, Coach. You used to bat far away from the plate because you were a scaredy cat and you thought somebody was going to hit you with a five-ounce ball. Take it easy. I was, I was scared, scared to cat the other way, Coach. I stood so far away from the plate because every time I got jammed, I would end up screaming every single swear word in the world, and I, I'd be grounded for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So. We had different reasons, Coach, and it was yep. because of how cold it was in March and April. I am, I am not too ashamed to admit fear of getting hit by the, how heavy was the baseball you said, five ounces? I'm assuming that uh, That's the a, Little League ball used use the same size. very, baseball. very hard five <laughs> ounces. But, uh, yeah, fear of getting hit by the ball was absolutely a factor for me. And Big Dog talking about the global warming effect. And Mike Quade, by the way, the ex Manager of the Cubs tweeting in as you're speaking, and the the tweet was something to the effect, "Big dog, are you going to blame me for that too?" Yes, this is true, and I, and I will definitely I don't, blame Mike Quade for that. Well, I don't think that was directed at you because you were not a Mike Quade, you know. But he's basically was blamed for everything that went wrong with the Cubs last year. So I think he's alluding to the fact, being a little sarcastic, that you know the change of season that you're talking about the cold weather back when you were a kid. Forget about it. Back one year ago. If you remember correctly, last spring, Big Doe, was probably the coldest spring that we've ever had. April and May were apps. I'm not talking about March. I'm even talking April and May. Freezing. Cold. Nasty. And all of a sudden, one year later, the geese are completely messed up. Do the geese... Who is there like a psychologist that can help out the birds and the geese? Uh, last year was an extremely strange... I don't think there is, Coach. I... I uh, Rob Emanuel will probably figure it out. I'm sure he will. See, that's unfortunate because people, you know, we can get messed up. We got people to see, but you know, the birds, the animals, the geese, they got no help. They got nowhere to go. We're going to be completely confused. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sure uh, what will happen is the dumb ones will die and the smart ones will live on, and the smart ones will pass their genes on, and the geese will be better for it in the long run. Wow. So very uh, philosophical. You. Know, Normally, though, it's been more like this over the last 20 years, though. No. And then, oh, I, what? Coach, it's been a lot nicer during the winter and spring than it was in the 70s and 80s. You are absolutely, absolutely incorrect, though. You've been hanging around with the geese too much, part of waterriders.com. You've given one too many tours too early, Big Dog. I'm not saying it's like this. I'm just saying it's not normally as bad as it was. Last year was significantly worse than it has been in any other year that I can remember besides 1997. All of a sudden, I feel like that Jerry was, Taft was and Andy Avalos are hosting the show today. But uh, continue on. I, I disagree with you, but continue. Uh, well, I'm just saying last year was worse than most typical years are. Now, the, that I will agree. Last year was, was much worse. Absolutely. But I, but I would argue it again. I don't know if weather is the... Uh, Great way to start off our show here. Big Dog and a Coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. we got a lot of sports to talk about, a lot of NFL football with the Peyton Manning signing, getting to some March Madness talk now that we've had a you know a day to let it all settle in. Maybe can people kind of re-fixing uh, their brackets, if you will, the top 16. But 
We're leading off the show with the weather and uh, philosophical weather expert Joe Redwanski joining us on the show today. But uh, I don't know, Big Dog, that it seems to me since I was a kid, you know, April and May were, were pretty nice and progressively over the years, slowly but surely, April has gotten colder and colder. May has gotten colder and colder. On the other shoulder of it, on the other side, I remember as a kid, October being a pretty cold month and September kind of the cold weather. Now, the two nicest months, at least here in the fine Midwest, are September and October. So maybe it's not like a total change. It's just everything's been pushed about a month and a half deeper into the year. Well, well, the Mayans, the Mayans are saying that we're, we're short uh, a quarter of a day every 10 years. Interesting. So that's according to how we do our, uh, our timing with the atomic yeah. clock. And now these scientists are starting to figure out that the Mayans actually had a more precise calendar than yeah. our atomic clock does right now. Only so problem with that, that theory is the, uh, the, apparently the Mayans had Duke into the final four. So, you know, I don't know how much you can believe. Well, they had St. Bonnie's getting in, going out at it. <laughs> oh, I checked out that Mayan bracket. Based on that bracket, I'm not worried about December 21st at all. Uh, uh, no. Terrible. So, yeah, I threw a big dog for a loop with that one. <laughs> all right. Like I said, they don't predict the world ending. I'm just going to keep reminding that. They have never predicted yes. the world's going to end. You know, actually, we I had a, I forget who it was, but I had a, Somewhat uh, heated discussion with somebody over the weekend. Regard- well, it wasn't that heated, but I uh, brought up your point in that conversation that it's not like, you know, the end of the world. Your point is it's like restarting the calendar over, right? Yes, and, it's, yeah. and, and if the guy wants to know, it's what supposedly Kukulkan, Kuk, Kukulkan is going to come actually down from the sky and uh, start the new beginning of the next cycle. What, who and or what is Kuklakan? It's uh, this massive snake-like creature, okay? And it's really cool because when I went to Chichen Itza, that's the spot that he's coming back at mm-hmm. on December 21st. Okay. They had this. They made this thing, El Castillo, the castle pyramid, freaking phenomenal. And they have, like, a, a stairway up each, all four sides. And one stairway on the, on the day of the equinox at noon in the spring... The the snake crawls up one side of the pyramid in shadows, and then on the on the day of the equinox in the autumn, it does exactly the same thing, but it goes down. And this castle is aligned in a perfect spot, and they have every, they have all this stuff written everywhere. And my buddy, my guy Jose Banyas, who pulled <laughs> me aside. This is I, I told, I'm a tour guy, coach, and at the end I tipped them really well, let them know, hey, I'm a tour guy too. Come with me, son. And I had asked him a bunch of like incredible mind questions. He's like, he's like, what are you a professor? I just started laughing. I'm like, no, I'm just an, an idiot that can't make any money, but I like to learn a lot. He just laughed. <laughs> and he pulled me. And oh, there's Mayans are predicting the end of the world. They're predicting the, the beginning of the next cycle. It's a 52. There's five 5200 year cycle, coach. That's 26,000 years, and it begins and it starts with the rotation of the Earth's axis. Phenomenal. Yeah. I don't know how they figured this out. I don't know how somebody that was around 1,500 years ago knew that the Earth revolved around an axis and it lasted every 26,000 years, considering they weren't at the beginning of the cycle, Coach, which is the most mind-blowing thing to me about all this, is how did they get all this information if it wasn't handed down from somebody that did mm-hmm. come from the sky? Hmm. And opposing to them, this Kukla Khan comes down 
Every, every so often. And when he does come down, he comes down on the thing that actually looks exactly like a spaceship. It sounds like lightning and thunder. He comes down, predicts what's going to happen in the season, gives them wealth, and then leaves. So it's really strange, coaches. Incredible, that, incredible knowledge from a guy a lot of people say is just a football jock, ladies and gentlemen. My good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. You never know when the education is going to come on this particular show. Randy Myers, we're 12 minutes into the show. 12 minutes into the show, and already I'm a better man for it. I now know about Kuklikan. At least I think that's his name, and I now know uh, about Jose Banez. So two people I was not even aware of before. Yeah, uh, you can go friend him on uh, Facebook. Who, Kuklikan or Jose Banez? Well, yeah, Kuklikan isn't coming back. He is going to have to. His Facebook and Twitter account is going to blow up. <laughs> no one's going to have from December 21st to the 22nd. I don't know if there's going to be a one-day bigger blast off than him. Uh, what do you think his handle will be? <laughs> I don't know. We better let Facebook know in advance, though, so they're prepared. <laughs> 888-463-6748. That's the phone number here if you want to get a hold of the big dog and the coach. I'm not sure, quite frankly, why you would want to, but uh, God forbid you want to give us a call and talk some sports or, uh, you know, talk about the Mayan calendar and or the weather. Andy Avalos and Jerry Taft joining us here in the Two Guys in a Mic show. 888 48, the phone number. Big dog, my mind was already muddled before I came into the show today, uh, before you brought up the Mayan calendar and Kukla Khan and the rest of the group here, um, because I went in and voted this morning. Oh, oh, I forgot. I'll have to ride my bike to the voting facility. Yeah, right before the show. And, boy, you talk about, uh, you know, between the circuit court judges and the appellate judges. Now, help me out here because you're a guy, unfortunately – that's had a little experience with our uh, county court system, but you got the circuit court judges, and then you got your sub circuit court judges, you got your appellate judges, and the always exciting recorder of deeds. Uh, you know, for me, the highlight of any voting day is when I put the big mark in for the choice for recorder of deeds. But what is a sub circuit judge? Any idea? I'm not sure. And uh, considering that I had an extremely long relationship with somebody that was a prosecutor. I've never heard of that one before. You said so, you had a long relationship with a prostitute? Prosecutor. What's wrong ah. with you? What are you discussing? That's nasty. Okay. I thought, I, you don't want to always yell at me, oh, this is a kid's show. I, and they, you, you can say whatever you want. I say anything a little offbeat, and I get yelled at. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Any recommendations out there, Big Dog? Uh, a lot of two guys that are Mike fans. I won't say they depend on us, but they lean on us for some political vent. Do you have any uh, choice for recorder of deeds this year? Uh, I, I don't have, I have no idea who's on the ballot. Just yeah. to anybody out there, don't vote for any judge with the last name Coco. <laughs> that might be the lunatic who freaked out in the, in the courtroom that one day. Oh, so, I read about that. Yeah, you're the one who told me about yes. it. It, it sounded like her. It sounded like that was yes. the judge. That's where the, the, the Cook County court security people actually had to come and take away, not a defendant, not a prosecutor, not a lawyer, not someone on the crowd, the judge. You read about that, Randy? The judge had to be restrained. That's that's quite a scary thought. But uh, yeah, hopefully we didn't vote for her. But I'll tell you, it is it can really boggle the mind because I try to you know do my duty as a citizen. So I got the different recommendations from the newspaper with me, Big Dog. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to you know cross section and see which judges are approved and disapproved and uh, to to really do a good job is quite mind-boggled. So if I sound a little bit confused today, uh, bear with me. I just got through figuring out who the top sub-circuit county judges are. 
Very confusing. Okay. And, and on top of it, they changed. And, 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 here's the sad thing, Coach. Here's the sad thing is the people that are deciding in that newspaper whether they're approved or disapproved, yep. for hundreds of years in this city it has been proven that uh, people who run the newspapers here have been paid off and changed political vet by writing things in the paper just to get people elected. So, you know, the whole thing is you're doing this unbelievable cross-section. I'm going to reference this, but you're referencing somebody that could actually be influenced. Um, not sure. Say, what happened? You need to wake up a little bit and realize that you can't believe everything you read in a newspaper. Well, but you're you're pretty skeptical, too. And I do read, uh, in particular, the I Chicago... completely skeptical. Not a little, completely, especially yeah. when it comes to the news I hear. All right. Well, I'm I'm not nearly as jaded as you, and the Chicago Tribune, under new management the last couple of years, have made major changes or major improvements in that particular area, Big Doug. You really get a cross-section of opinion now. Their editorials, you can tell there is some thought processes and a concentration on objectivity with the Tribune editorial board, particularly the last two years. So things have changed, I think, a little bit. I, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to have to agree 100% with you for the one simple fact is if anybody out there wants to get one of the basically the most honest book about a corporation, get the Medill McCormick book that the Tribune Company has published last year. And in this book, it flat out says Medill McCormick was a mobster, the original owner of the Tribune, and the way they did business for over a hundred years was despicable, and they admit it. So that I, I'm going to have to agree with exactly what you said, because the people who are running it now are like, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness, the foundation of this newspaper was a bunch of mafia people going through the streets killing newsboys that weren't selling their newspaper. It's truly disgusting, the history of the Chicago Tribune. So the fact that they would admit that the foundation of their company is on blood, Coach, you know what, maybe the people that are running it out could actually mm-hmm. say you may. Because trust me, back in the day, if this was 1974 and the Tribune Company told you, hey, this judge is a good guy, that judge just gave somebody ten grand wow. to make sure he sounded good in the newspaper. I, feel, I don't think I'm lying about it. They admit it in this book. I feel kind of dirty now because uh, I was a semi- and I emphasize semi-respected employee of the Chicago Tribune back in 1974 as a freshman in high school, a semi-well-respected paper boy, dominating the neighborhood paper route uh, district. Actually, he was probably younger than that, probably at age like 11, 12, and 13. So I was I was working and getting paid, big dog, by a company that uh, you are painting out to be not very pretty. How, uh, have you ever heard of the newspaper wars here in the city of Chicago? Say that again. The newspaper wars. Have you ever heard of them? The newspaper word? Wars. Ward. No. Wars, as in W. Oh, board. No, I have heard of the Tribune editorial board, the Sun-Times board, the Daily Herald board, but not the newspaper board, no. No, have you ever heard of a guy by the name of William Randolph Hearst? Yes. Okay, without question, one of the biggest, most despicable human beings that have ever lived. He's the son of George Hearst. George Hurst is even more despicable. That's why I give William Randolph Hurst a little bit of a... He was raised by George Hurst. That's why he ended up being such a ruthless bastard. But William Randolph Hurst ran newspapers all over the United States, and he created laws, changed elections just by who was given the money at the time, and he could just totally write something horrible about someone and 
in four different newspapers that he controlled in one city and changed an election. Well, him and Medill McCormick started the Chicago newspaper wars in the 1890s, and they were literally killing newsboys, Coach, on the street. It's one of the most crazy eras in the history of mankind. Medill McCormick actually brought in Sicilians, the Italians, and started organized crime in the city just to attack uh, William Randolph. Or he didn't start organized crime because Mike McDonald and Roger Plant did that in the city. Mm-hmm. But, why, why were they getting rid of the newspaper boys? Is it the old okay, kill, kill the deliverer? Back, back then, the only form of information at all in the world was the, well, not say at all, but like of, of immediate news information. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't Twitter or Facebook or, or television or radio. It was all newspapers. And they would be, they would sell the, the morning edition, the, the midday edition, like the evening edition. So there was always money to be made out there. So there was competition between the, all these, all these, uh, newspapers went for a penny at the time. So between 1991, 19, or 1891, 1893, there was 27 newsboys that were killed in the city of Chicago. All of them involved with William Randolph Hearst and Medill McCormick for the Tribune Company. So just say there was a newsboy selling newspapers in the wrong neighborhood, and there was, uh, just say he worked for the Chicago American, which William Randolph Hearst owned, and a Sicilian mobster saw the, the newsboy, he would go over, take all the money from the newsboy, take all of his papers, burn them, and be done with them, and beat the crap out of some 10-year-old kid, wow. or sometimes they would kill these boys. That's cold. And That's it, really, and really so cold. So not only does... Like, oh, you take out a newsboy for the for the Chicago American, well, all of a sudden the Tribune has this story with pictures of a kid killed on a corner. Can you believe the crime in Chicago and National Everybody's buying newspapers? It's it's this is not made up, Coach. Mm-hmm. All this stuff happened in the eighteen nineties. So 1880s, the the expression of don't shoot the messenger back then they actually were literally shooting the messengers. Wow. I think that all That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you said there is a book that uh, depicts this uh, story because you got my uh, curiosity rising at this point. Is there, Was there a particular book where you read about this? I'll, get you, I'll, I'll have the name of the book for okay. everybody on tomorrow. So exactly. Cool. But it's, I think it's either just called McCormick or it's called Medill McCormick. Mm-hmm. M-E-I-L. And it's written by the Tribune Company, basically admitting that it was, I mean, think about it. The people that ended up running the Chicago Cubs for 30 years were a bunch of thugs and mobsters originally. And you can say, oh, they sold off all the stock, and this is all true. It's all true. Not the, the, I'm sure the people that were running it in the 70s weren't the same mobsters, but it was instead of, like, breaking people's knees and forcing them to, you know, like, buy your newspaper, it turned into, oh, okay, uh, we're going to take money and make sure that, oh, the governor, the the current governor is such a good governor and had to have nothing but great stories about the guy for, mm-hmm. you know, 25 years as he hands out crooked deal to crooked deal after every single person. I mean, how, how many backroom deals were, were done by this guy? Mm-hmm. So they admit it, Coach. Wow. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to find out the name of the book. Not the painting a particularly good picture of the uh, newspaper business in days going by, hopefully. Hopefully things have gotten a little bit better. Anybody out there, uh, if you did vote today, if you got some thoughts on the uh, influence of the media, newspapers, and days gone by, you want to question the big dog, uh, our historian, he is here 
right here for you via the telecommunicative phone lines as he's checking in from beautiful Aurora, Illinois. Our phone lines are uh, open at 888-463-6748. You can always email us at mike 2 Guys, AOL.com, and again, the phone number, 888-463-6748. Big dog, you're a wealth of uh, knowledge. Maybe you can help me out with this one now. Okay. The I know there was some district changing in the voting in our in our district, but I don't think, and I were never notified, that it affected us directly at our particular address. And, in uh-huh. fact, we were getting flyers from candidates for the 10th district, which we were in before. Okay, and there's four guys running for the Democratic nomination to take on uh, Bob Dole, who's your cookie-cutter, uh, up-and-coming Republican congressman. I don't like the cookie-cutter guy. I want someone different. So I was kind of researching these four guys to figure out, you know, who would be the best one to go up, and maybe in November we can knock uh, Robert Cookie-Cutter Dole out of the congressional seat. And then I go to vote, and it pops up on my screen, 10th District. And right there for me is a Jan Schakowsky, who I love. But I don't think that we were in the 10th district. Never got notified. So I guess my question, and I, and I question, I stopped voting right off the bat. Went to the uh, the fine volunteers at the election booth area, uh-huh. and I asked them, and they said, "Oh no, no, everybody coming in here, you know, and you, they've got our address and everything." No, it was switched to boom, boom, boom. So maybe they're right, but I'm worried, and I'm not saying corruption or anything. I'm saying it's human error, maybe. They're wrong. So my question to you as a man of a variety of knowledge is here, how would one officially check at this point on what congressional district they're in? What site would you go to? Oh, that's a, that's a really good, a really good question. I would have to say I would start at, uh, Illinois.gov would be the first one and okay. then just click on some type of link that would say voting districts. But oh, now coach, what I'm asking you, for the rest of your life, you just automatically, oh, I'm sure it's just a mistake. I'm not saying automatically assume it's something bad, but I don't think you should just assume that it was an honest mistake. Oh, come on. That a whole particular district does not, re- it happens all the time. And what then would... when the election is done, people are like, well, I didn't know what happened. And all of a sudden, a couple people win in certain districts all over America. And you wonder why. Was, was this done just to keep people in the in the dark about stuff. Yeah, but in, in suburban, in, both in parties do this to manipulate the system, coach. So don't big dog. That it wasn't manipulated on purpose. I understand you're a jaded individual, and some of the jading is uh, legitimate. I understand that, but mm-hmm. what would be the inspiration in the beautiful suburb of Glenview for them switching ninth and tenth district? There's no well, well, main political have, gain, really. You would have you have no idea, coach. What I don't know exactly what it would be. I don't know. And don't get somebody might get upset when I say this, but I don't know if it's like a like a all Hispanic community or all Jewish community. Is it a, a Chinese section? I don't know because uh, Dorothy Tillman was trying to gain a two block yeah. section from 47th to 45th yep. in between Wallace and in between Princeton. And people are like, "What's the big deal?" You know. And the guys that were in it, it's an all-white, all-Irish area. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole thing was, like, Dorothy Tillman knew that she would still win every election, and they would, but would be able to control an extra part of her area would get a little bit bigger, but it would never affect her ability to win as an alderman. She would always win. And the uproar that went out over this, and the, the actually, what I heard from both sides is just absolutely amazing. This is when I lived in Canaryville. And 
I was dragged to this meeting at St. Gabe's, one of the most hot wire. Actually, when I should go to more town hall meetings, Coach, uh-huh. and the, the accusations flying back on each horse was just absolutely amazing. And if you don't think things are jaded, Coach, I, I no, oh, no, 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 no. In the northern I, suburbs of the city of Chicago, everybody does the right thing, and there's no corruption anywhere. I was going to say, I was talking about the beautiful I, suburb of Glenview. I fully understand, or I don't fully understand. I can fully appreciate, I think, at least, what goes on in the city of Chicago. Totally different. And there I could see a lot of shenanigans going on. Oh, my goodness, yes. But, but I'm just saying, don't. I'm trying to do the best to realize, hey, maybe it was just an honest mistake. Maybe this contract, this defense uh, budget thing, blah, 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 there's there really is, that money is all allocated and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but I also, I, I try not to just assume that just because the guy is elected, he is an absolute crook. But it, yep. every time I look more into it, things just drive me crazy, Coach. I'm not saying every single yep. politician is corrupt, but... Dramatic well, amount of you know, it's, it's the old catch twenty two, and that is the people that are politically motivated that want to go for those positions are typically not the kind of people that we want representing us. They have a certain ego, a certain desire, a certain uh, you know. Very few of them are completely altruistic in the representation of the community. There's a certain personality disorder, if you want to call it, where people really want to get into politics. But unfortunately, you know, these are people making decisions that affect our lives, and really the people that we'd love to have making these decisions are probably running for, you know, running businesses at that point or, you know, successful and other. They don't necessarily want to go that route, so it's kind of a catch-22, the epitome of the damned if we're do, damned if we're don't. You're exactly 100% right about that, Coach. I'm not saying that everybody in these professions that I'm going to mention are, are like, great people and, you know, and, and truly out to – Try to do the right thing and, and make our world a better place. But, but teachers and uh, and doctors and stuff. I mean, these people are making an effect on people's lives, and maybe they would they would actually look yeah. at things and be like, "Hey, maybe we need to do things in a different approach." Mm-hmm. Where you're exactly right. Somebody that's like, "Well, if I'm elected mayor of the city of Chicago, I'll be in control of all of this, and people will have to come to me when decisions are made, and then I'll determine what happens." That's that's the type of type A personalities that get elected to mayors and governor and mm-hmm. senator. Yep. That's that's the issue. It would be really nice if it was, hey, I've lived a great life. I tried to go as far in my education. I served in the military. I did the best I possibly. I came out and I realized that there were certain issues in our in our society that uh, needed help, and I wanted to be a leader and correct them. How many politicians are actually like that, Coach? You have a much higher feeling that there are a lot more like that than me is the best way. I have more of a tendency of some guy gets groomed, can speak really well, some other guys can control him, and then, hey, Mm -hmm. we got you elected, so you better do what we tell you. Okay, no problem. This is a pretty good gig. I, I like this. So... That's why I am uh, I am considering Big Dog for 2000. When's the next one? 2014, 2016. I am. They confuse it that way too because they have all different types of elections on different years and all crazy stuff. Coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna work my way up. I might start at the water reclamation district. I got a feeling I could get in there, maybe move up, recorder of deeds, Cook County assessor, move my way up. Big Dog in 10 or 15 years, you might be voting for me, my friend. Um, Stranger things have happened. I, I don't Actually know. I, not. I would but... vote for you. 
I, I would vote for you. All right. By the way, we and did I, get an email coming in uh, apparently from uh, Debbie did not do Dallas. Okay. An email good. from Debbie did not do Dallas, an interesting handle, but she basically is saying go to house.gov and then plug in your zip code. But the only question I have for Debbie didn't do Dallas, big dog, uh-huh. is aren't some zip codes split? What do you mean? Like, like in two different well, cities? in other words, yeah, there's. I don't. I don't know that all the districts completely go by the zip code. Randy, do me a favor. Hit house.gov and then put in our zip code six zero zero two five. Because I, I thought you know the lines kind of go through certain zip codes. Maybe I'm wrong. But well, uh, it does. Both jurisdictions aren't always by the city, so you could have a Glenview and a Northbrook in the same jurisdiction. Yeah, but Northbrook's got a different zip code. That's the whole point, Coach. So you right, put in 60025 and you put in Northbrook zip code and it'll be the same jurisdiction. Oh, no. What I'm saying is can you just plug in a zip code and automatically it tells me what district. I think it has to go by the exact address. But, Randy, what do you got there? It brings up a like a Google map and it has two oh, different representatives listed and then it has... So we are split. Shows, yeah, it is split for that zip code. All right, keep that map up there because I want to I wanna, I wanna check it out after the show. But uh, okay, right, so That's confusing then, Coach. Well, so Debbie does not did not do Dallas. Did, did she confuse us more? Or did she clear it up? I'm not so. Well, it's a know, site to go to, but it's 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 the zip code is not a perfect science. And Debbie did not do Dallas. Also, wants to know. By the way, she says, ask Joel if he gives private tours on the Chicago River. So I do. I absolutely do. There they're, you go. They're real expensive, but I do give private tours if need be. Ah. And if uh, we actually <laughs> do lessons too, if you need them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But price can be a, a potential objective. It can be a, an extreme objective. And, and no. I also, and I come with a second person on tour named Lily the Lilac, and okay. she's got excellent aim. Well, <laughs> if she was a male, I'd wonder what you're talking about. But uh, Debbie did not do Dallas, uh, puts in parentheses, money is no object. Okay, then. So. Come on out, then. Come on out. Money is no object. Lily Lilac doesn't care either. Yeah, beautiful. By the way, i got to mention, you were talking about the, you know, Dorothy Tillman and the uh, Chicago Council meetings and stuff. I just pointed that out because I knew that issue. I understand that. It goes both ways, people, okay? So don't act like I'm picking on people. I will use this as a transition into sports talk. I thought one of the better commercials of the March Madness and College Basketball Tournament, one I have not seen before, is... I think it's a school board meeting and one of those typical contentious but monotonous, if that's possible, the two of them, school board meetings. And they actually show, it's silenced, but they show the school board meeting in slow motion. I don't know if you are with me on this one, Big Dog. And then the, I don't know if it was Girl Scouts or some youth group, comes in from the back of the room with platefuls of Oreo cookies. Have you seen that one? Uh-huh. No, I haven't. Okay. And, well, to make a long story, you almost got to see it, but it's very, very good. But, you know, they bring the Oreo cookies in, and all of a sudden, this very boring, very drawn-out, typical argument, tickle-boogle, contentious school board meeting, all of a sudden, everybody's getting along and smiling and shaking hands because of the Oreo cookie. Thank you very much. Well, it's the sugar rush. Trust me, if they don't get that thing solved within 25 minutes, it'll be a horrible crash. It's going to be a lot worse. Speaking of sugar rushes, as we jump from topic to topic, uh, sad to report that the creator... A uh, Chinese gentleman, 89 years old, maybe 90, depending on the birth certificate. The creator of the Red Bull drink, Big Dog, passed away yesterday. He was the 200th wealthiest man in the world, made millions, if not billions, off 
of the Red Bull, but the creator of the Red Bull has passed away. The Red well, Bull. Uh, when did he create that? How? Yeah, when? When? Like, well, like the story went, if I, you know, I read the old bit this morning, he had a drink in China that was non-carbonated, sugar and something else in the drink, and it got fairly popular. Some guy here in the States tried the drink and said, hey, let's carbonate this thing and let's market it in the country. They went 49% and 49% on the new business deal. 2% went to the uh, gentleman from China, Sun, and that's how the business started. And, uh, 20 years later, he's the 200 wealthiest man in the world. Uh, that's and they bought cool. they bought the New York soccer team, right, and called them, they're, they're changed the name to the Red Bulls. And I remember, like, I'm not kidding you, like a week before he bought the Red Bull, like, bought, I forgot what they were at the time before he changed them to the Red Bulls. I was like, Coach, it's only a matter of time before there's a team called, like, the, the Portland Nike swoosh. Or, yep. And then you were like, yeah, what? and I'm not kidding you, like three or four days later, you were laughing. This is on the morning break. You're like, hey, a guy bought the team and named his name of the team is product. <laughs> and it was like the same week that, it, that mm-hmm. I had said it. Which, why not? Instead of being, hey, hey, we're the we're the New York Tower sponsored by Red Bull. Watch this, hey, we're the Red Bulls. Yep. That make that so much smarter. I, forget, I hate the sponsor by just, hey, this is what we are. San Diego, the San Diego Powerades have a pretty good, that's not a bad nickname, actually, the Powerades. Well, that, it's better than the Padres. That hasn't worked out for them too well. <laughs> Randy, do you got the guy's name up there, or we still have the uh, 10th, 9th, 10th district up there? We'll get the guy's name. 89 years old, 90 years old, sort of like Alfonso Soriana. His birth certificate was never fully confirmed. Uh, what do we got, Randall? The inventor of Red Bull? Is that Yeah. You? Passed away yesterday. Chaleo Yudvidya. God bless you. I had that once, but once warm weather came and I put some Vaseline on it and it went away. <laughs> All right, big dog. At any rate, uh, 888-463-6748. Dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Big dog, we were so smacked down to the March Madness talk yesterday, we did not get to the late break, and that is that Peyton Manning has become a Denver Bronco. we got to get your thoughts as a football guy here on Peyton Manning throwing the ball now to a Randy Moss and a Mario Manningham in the Denver Bronco. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Peyton Manning for for the simple fact that this is a man that has gotten every single ounce of football ability out of his life. And you can say, well, you know, he's the prima donna son of Archie Manning and all that. But you know what? There's been a lot of prima donna sons of great athletes. And if you heard the way the Colt players talked about him as he was wrongfully released from the, the, the Colts, they handled that. They, they should not have had to pay that. But never mind that's the Colts totally messed that up in the way they handled the contract when they knew he had a neck issue. They should not have had to lose him the way they did. But the Broncos now sign a guy, and two things happen for the Broncos. One, and I don't. this might be the most important thing for the Broncos, is they can do away with the Tim Tebow issue without having the fans go crazy. The only thing that could have ever had them release Tim Tebow or get rid of him without the fans going ballistic in Denver was if they brought in a great quarterback. Well, they're bringing in the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. I just hope he truly is healthy, Coach, because it would be really cool to see Peyton Manning play at a top level after and getting another chance and coming back in Denver. And, you know, the, the thing is people are like, well, he has no weapons in Denver. Folks, he didn't have any in Indianapolis either. Anybody trying to tell me that Pierre Garçon and Reggie Wayne and, I mean, Marvin Harrison was a great receiver. Anthony Gonzalez? Uh, and, well, there you go. But what did he ever do? 
Uh, Blair White, Dallas. I mean, Dallas Clark is good. And Marvin Harrison, I would put in the top 25 receivers that have played the game of football. Reggie Wayne, I would put Reggie Wayne right now as like the 40th best receiver in the game. So uh, when he goes to Denver, when everybody says that they, he has no weapons there, Peyton Manning is so great that he will be able to handle there. And know what I love is if John Fox is smart, they're going to continue to run the ball. If Peyton Manning actually could kind of be a part of a power running game and the defense had to worry about the run, oh, my goodness, Peyton Manning could have a passer rating of 120. Uh, who, who's their running back, Big Doug? Uh They've got a plethora of them. Their, their uh, first down back is Willis McGahee. And he ran for uh, over a thousand yards last year. And by the way, Willis McGahee's middle name has been right. changed. Actually, I think his last name has officially been changed to When Healthy. Well, he was healthy last year. There you go. There you go. It was, it was a good year for him. And you're right. He's a, It's one of those things with Willis McGahee. He's definitely near the end of his career. And, when, uh, when Healthy. Lance, they got Lance Ball. And, I mean, that guy, oh, my goodness, was he a freaking force. And there's one more guy that they have. They have a rotation of three. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Lance Ball is they, – they'll be able to rotate running backs to them because you can just put one out there. You know, three receivers, mm-hmm. a tight end, one running back, and then it'll be between Lance Ball and Willis McGahee, and the, the Broncos are going to win a lot of football games that way. Five years, $95 million is the, uh, looks like about the price for Peyton Manning. Obviously, rolling the dice a little bit, the odds on the Denver Broncos winning. I'm sure most people have heard this or seen this story. Amazingly went from 70 to 1 to what, Big Dog? About 10 to 1 in one fell swoop? Yes. Uh, according to ESPN, it was 75. To one and it went to eight to one. That's that's uh, that's influence. That, that that's hilarious. I remember the day that Michael Jordan came back for the Bulls, and the Bulls were like twenty to one to win the world uh, to win the NBA championship. And I am not kidding you, Coach. It was two to one the next day because everybody in the freaking world, uh, my mom's boss at the time, I won't name his name, but let's just say he had a lot of political influence, and my mom had. Had to keep two ledgers is the best way for me to put it. Um, well, this guy like dropped a hundred thousand dollars the day that Michael Jordan came back and just betting on the Bulls to win the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, some a bunch of people did. That's the only way. What what Vegas tries to do is try to even out the money. So obviously the Bulls weren't two to one in order to win it, but they had to make sure they couldn't pay out because everybody was betting on the Bulls, so they had to drop it. So that's what happened yesterday. Somebody in the world just Peyton Manning signed with the Broncos and had like a million dollars in a suitcase. He was just waiting. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he found uh, out where wherever Peyton Manning signed, he just brought it up to the booth. Yeah. I want a million on the on the and next you know the with all, line drop that fast. With all due respect, Big Dog, and you are of the conspiracy theory today. Maybe it's the political vent. I have to question you. A little bit. You might be overthinking it a little bit. I don't know if some guy with a hundred million dollars, it's a pretty simple equation. You pick up a Hall of Fame quarterback like that on a, not a bad team to begin with. Quarterback, most influential position in all the sport. I think, uh, I was surprised of the drasticity of it. Is that a word? Drastic? How drastic. Yeah, I like well, drasticity. Well, well, Even drastic if it's not a word, I'm going to stick with drasticity. But, you know, so it went from 70 to 1 to 10 to 1. I think that's, uh, you know, a natural progression when you pick up a superstar. No, no, Coach, Coach, let's just, please listen to what I'm trying to tell you. 
It has nothing to do with whoever they really think's going to win the championship. It only has like when when the if the Bears are picked by seven points over the Lions, it's not because Vegas thinks that the Bears are going to win by seven points. It's because fifty percent of the money is on the Bears minus seven, and fifty is on the Lions plus seven. If the the Broncos aren't really eight to one to win the World Championship now. Is the fact that everybody is now betting on the Broncos? They have to drop the, they have to drop it down. The Broncos are truly like twenty to one to win the Super Bowl this year, mm-hmm. but they had to drop it down to even the money out because millions and millions of dollars must have been bet on the Broncos yesterday, and they can't. That's why they drop it so drastically. Okay. They even out the amount of money to make sure that there's no way they took. They can always hedge okay. their bets and never lose All anything. Right. That's why they do it. That makes sense. I. I... At first, I thought you were saying, like, there's a couple conspiracy people that are throwing all these hundreds of millions in to change the line. Okay, what you, no, 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 what no, you no, just no, said no, makes perfect sense. So there's somebody waiting. There was somebody with, like, a million dollars waiting. If he signs with the 49ers, I'm doing it now. So they can bet on it before the line can like, ah, get in the wrong direction. I got you. What will happen is, Coach, it didn't just change like that overnight right when he signed it. Like, like as soon as it was signed, it probably went down to, like, 25 to 1. And then somebody comes in, bets a million bucks, and next you know it's down to, like, 15 to 1. And then a couple more people bet 100,000, and then finally it's at 8 to 1, and it'll probably stick right around there. That, mm-hmm. the, the line will continue to change, and they'll even it out. All right. And what'll um, happen is... Email coming in, uh, Big Dog, another email. I've got some strange people listening today, but between the sheets... Has a question for you. Are you willing to answer a question from between the sheets? Uh, he or she has definitely had a lot of emails, yes. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll so I got some odd people checking in, but we appreciate each and every listener. The two guys in a mic show, Big Dog, the old expression is, beggars cannot be choosy. And uh, I've seen our ratings the last couple of quarters. We'll take any listener we can get. So thank you, between the sheets. But it's a good question, and you, you talked about the receivers, the running game, the defense. But and again, I'm not an expert on the Denver Bronco, but from what I heard, their offensive line is, uh, to put it mildly, not very good. You got Peyton Manning coming back yeah. healthy, but with some level of fragility. Well, you got a bad offensive line with Peyton Manning. Aren't you putting 95 million in an awful gamble unless you shore up that line? Uh, just I'm sorry, in, in between the sheets, but just to let you know, the Denver Broncos have one of the top offensive lines in all of football. Really. They were the only offensive line last year where they started all 16 games, all five of them. They led the NFL in rushing, and they what they had. I, I know they didn't throw the ball that much, but they didn't give up that many sacks either. That is one of the best offensive lines thought, in all of football. I thought I read where they gave up uh, 42 sacks last year. Okay, and that and that's because Tim Tebow gave up what uh, 38 of those sacks. Ah, uh, so you're gonna blame it on Tebow? Between the sheets, I feel uh, a little uh, a little Tebow adversity in that particular opinion. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That team led the NFL in rushing and started every single game last yeah. year. And if and if between the sheets, can you name one of the Broncos <laughs> linemen? Brian Clayton is an All Pro. Their right tackle is the best right tackle in all of football. Oh, Randy, it's so like a good. It's like a marriage. I know exactly how to how to how to get the big dog going. Big Dog, one could say on the offensive line for the Denver Broncos, just to get you a little bit even more mad now, it's it's the good news, the old story, the good news and the bad news. The good news is, yes, every one of their five guys played all 16 games and stayed healthy. What's the bad news? The bad news is all five of their guys played all 16 games and stayed healthy last year. 
Yeah, that's the best, one of the best units in the game of football. I Why qu- do you think Peyton Manning went there? That's I'm, I'm done with the arguing okay. about the Broncos right. offense. All right. All right. What about we did not a couple other quick signings? Then I do want to get to basketball. Mario Williams signed with the Buffalo Bills, best defensive player in all of football. Coming off an injury, so a little bit of a factor there. Hundred million plus, and already I believe four thousand Buffalo Bill fans. When I say already, it's been what four days. Four thousand fans right. have renewed their season tickets, and fifteen hundred fans, new fans purchase season tickets. So they're making up the money real quick, but Mario Williams now a Buffalo Bill big duck. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's the best defensive player in football. He's coach. close. He's awfully good. Uh, the the Texans played some really good defense when he was not playing for him last year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I he's one of the better defensive linemen in the game of football. I definitely okay. will say that for you. And if you get yourself a powerful versatile, great defensive end, your your defense yeah. just got a heck of a lot better. Yeah. So he, it, is it worth the money? I think it is, Coach, because okay. he can really change the defense for yeah, you. Yeah, change the defense and sell on a lot of seats, too. How about the interesting story out in Seattle, real quick, Matt Flynn, who, between his days at LSU when he had to rotate back and forth and his pro days behind Aaron Rodgers, I think I read where, like, in the last seven years, he's only been the starting quarterback full-time for one year. But he looked pretty good for the Packers. Seattle takes a chance on him. I don't know how many millions they're throwing at him, but the Seattle Super the Seattle Seahawks have picked up Matt Flynn, big dog. They're paying him big bucks to be the starting quarterback. And again, he's started one year out of the past seven between college and pro. Kind of interesting. And I have to say that this may be the best signing of any of any signing that anybody's made in this whole offseason. Maybe even the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning. And I agree, I know he hasn't played all that much, and he could be exposed, and we'll figure out all that. But all I know is this, he's better than Tavarius Jackson, who's their starting quarterback now. They, Kevin Cobb got $28 million guaranteed three years ago, or two years ago, and all of a sudden got another $7 million with, a, with the Cardinals. Now we still don't even know if this guy can play. The contract's three years, $26 million, and only 10 of it is guaranteed, and eight of that is in the first year of this year. So they would be on the hook for an extra $2 million next year if he's no good. It's one of the best signings in the whole offseason. Just like you said with Peyton Manning, you get a player in that most important position in the NFL, it could totally change your system. It, it's, a, it's a totally low risk. Who do you think is going to be better next year, Tavares Jackson or Matt Flynn? Matt Flynn. Okay, that, that's, and, they're, and they're paying uh, basically it's only a little They're paying them. Below average money for a starting quarterback in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I, that's a good signing, Coach. All right. There it is. Big Dog uh, touching some uh, little news and notes, titillating tidbits in the world of NFL football. The term off-season, Big Dog, is almost no more. The way the media is out there and the contracts and the Twitters and the Facebooks, mm-hmm. really in professional sports, NFL in particular, the, the off-season sometimes is almost as eventful as the uh, the actual season. You know why? It's because teams can change and get good so quickly, and isn't it kind of that's totally off base to me? Because you figure, you know, basketball has only twelve players on the team. You get about eight that play a lot of minutes, and one player can, no matter what the position, point guard to center, can thoroughly change an organization. Yet it seems like it takes forever for basketball teams to go from like there's, there's still the old time progression, like. Like the Bulls had to beat the Pistons, and then you know, and then like like last year, like the Bulls were great, but they still had to learn how to win in the in the playoffs. 
It ain't like that in football, is it, Coach? It's like, oh, we sucked last year? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to add 10 players, and that's 20% of the new roster, and that all of a sudden we still have 40 of the same guys, but now we're a totally different team. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, it can change in a hurry, and from a fan standpoint, it hurts a little bit. I guess we're getting used to it, the young kids are used to it because that's what they've grown up with. For some of us veterans, it's still a little bit hard, and that is I'm talking about you know, team allegiance and players that play for your team. Now it's in every sport. Football is just a great example of it. They, you know, From year to year, your team pretty much completely changes, so it's hard to build up that allegiance that we at least used to have. Again, for the old-timers, Big Doug, we miss that a little bit. But we're getting used to it. You know, we get into this argument a lot during baseball, and I always correct you, and I'm like, Coach, it was even worse back in the day before because the, the, there was no such thing. There's never been team allegiance. Yeah, players is. would be cut by teams all the time. The only thing was players didn't have free agency back in the 50s and 60s before Kirk Flood. Mm-hmm. And so, like, players would – you can't tell me that players didn't change teams all the time throughout the history of baseball. Well, but in football, before free agency, it wasn't like that. You guys back about the Bears. You basically played for the Bears all the way through your whole entire career unless they cut you or traded you. You had no chance to mm-hmm. sign with another team up until uh, Plan B free yeah. agency well, in, maybe... uh, in 1987. It took until 1987, Coach, before that happened in football. Uh, you might be right. Maybe, maybe allegiance is the wrong word, but the bottom line is when I was following baseball in the 60s and 70s, Big Dog, as a young kid – you know, if you're a Pittsburgh Pirate, for most of your career, you were a Pittsburgh Pirate. The roster didn't change them. Cincinnati Reds were Cincinnati Reds. Year in, year out, the same guys, rookies, would come in. So, for whatever reason, players did not switch teams nearly as much as they do now. And obviously, free agency was the big impetus Only for because of free agency. But what I'm trying to tell you is you, you talk about, like, allegiance. Back then, a team would cut a guy in a heartbeat. They would cut a guy, but there was a lot of, of movement. There was a lot more mm-hmm. than you might realize, Coach. All right. Just hey. that players didn't have the option to go to other teams back then. Real quick, we got a phone call coming in for the big dog, checking in from Decatur, Illinois. I'm not sure what precinct that is, but I'm sure there's some fine uh, sub-circuit judges looking for election out in Decatur, Illinois. But that's not what he's calling about. He's calling about Peyton Manning. It's caller Craig checking in on line 19. Craig, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Did you go to the voting booth yet? Uh, no, I'm going to head down to our lunch. God bless you. Hey, what? I just want to say that uh, I, get, I just tried to figure it out what when the Steelers go to Denver this year, but they do go to Denver this year. And I just want it to be known right now that Peyton Manning will be done before <laughs> the end of that game. Big uh, Tomlin I, I and the four-star Dick LeBeau will unleash the hounds that day and Peyton is done he's done we got a bad taste in our mouth we're looking for revenge and that's all there is to it we'll break the fine record that week <laughs> big dog how do you respond to uh how do you respond to Derek from Decatur big dog I mean that uh uh, uh what Simon from Decatur I mean that's Correct. a bold statement and and by and by the way the last time the Steelers played Peyton Manning in a game that mattered, I think Peyton Manning beat them. Is that why you want revenge so bad? Wasn't it the old No, no, playoffs? it's, it's all about playoffs? Denver. It's all about Denver. Oh, so are you fair Peyton Manning more than Tim Tebow? Yes. Did now, you say, do so I fear him? Yes, you said fear. Yeah, I, I, yes, I would definitely say I fear 
Peyton Manning. We limped into Denver. And half the team was hurt. We was we will be healthy. We're going to Denver, and we're going to hurt Peyton Manning. I'm saying so it right now. It's write it down. Are you from Decatur, Pennsylvania, or Decatur, no, Decatur, <laughs> Illinois? Represent the two one seven. Wow. Big Dog putting a bounty out for uh, Peyton Manning here, Dick LeBeau and company. Dick LeBeau, old school coach, he's not hes not one of those bounty hunters that's going to pay his players to injure Peyton, is he? He doesn't have to. They just draft animals. Yeah, this is That's a real good point. That's a real good Everybody, I, I love the fact, can, can you believe the Saints who were putting bounties on people's heads? Can you believe that somebody ratted out the coach because that's one of 32 teams that put bounties on people? So, yeah, that's... I don't, is that that stuff all don't matter? There is them every all eleven people on the defense. Their main objective is to hurt somebody, and, and people that can't deal with that watch soccer. Well, no, I would disagree with that, uh, uh, Craig from Decatur. I think uh, you know I love the physicality, the hard hitting, but if your main objective, I think that was the term you used, is to injure somebody. Uh, no, I would have an issue with that. I don't think that is, and okay. I don't think most NFL players come into a game with that their main objective. Well, I think was, a lot of yahoos like oh, us maybe. on the Go ahead. Maybe I used the wrong words. Maybe not their main. Their main objective is to hit somebody yes. as hard as they possibly now can. That I can live with. And if some, if that means a broken femur, well, then that means a broken femur. That's just the way it is. Yeah. But By the, the way, no. if anybody's ever heard a broken femur, like in the middle of a gym, oh that's boy. one sound you never want to hear ever again, and you don't ever want to purposely break a man's femur. Is all I'm saying. Yep. It's disgusting. I heard a broken femur from about two football fields away, and it sounded like somebody broke a two-by-four over my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Nasty. Uh, the only thing that was louder was the guys was, was the kids squealing afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. Decatur, Craig, how did you uh, hear about the two guys at a mic show, my friend? Oh, I got this friend. He, he listens to us sometimes. He's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he, he's, he's worth listening to, I guess. Beautiful. Don't be a stranger. Pass the word around, and we appreciate the phone call, even if it is from right, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Write it down. The Steelers are going to hurt Peyton Manning. Wow. Okay, and I'm going to retweet that. I'm going to retweet it. All right. So, all right. Hey, we'll, we'll see y'all later. All right. Big dog, we got to get out of here. We have run uh, past our time. We will check in with you tomorrow with uh, more election results, okay? And uh, follow us on Twitter, and we'll, we'll, we will retweet anything that you're predicting here on the Talk Zone Airways. Beautiful. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com. We went over our time. Sorry about that. Randy Myers, producer, great job. See you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.